right, everybody, welcome to another edition of What's What BR. Today we have Takoa Boatner with us. Takoa, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm good. We just talked a little before. It's Monday. You know, it's um, last week felt like Monday every day, you know, so. Um, 2020 feels like Monday every day. It does. It does. It, <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's uh, it's interesting to say the least. So, yes, so diving in, you know, this you are with Youth Oasis. Yes. So give us a little bit for those who don't know, you know, what is Youth Oasis and, you know, what are you guys helping everybody with? So Youth Oasis is a youth services organization. Uh, we've been in the Baton Rouge area for 20 years. Um, we are the first uh, homeless shelter for youth. And um, we continue to operate in that space. We've expanded to provide more services to youth in secure and supervised living situations, uh, youth exiting foster care, youth uh, stepping down from secure care in Office of Juvenile Justice uh, institutions and uh, focusing more on life skills and making sure that when they leave us, they're able to enter into society as a fully whole uh, contributing member in whatever form that emerges while they're with us. And so um, that's what we do. That's us in a nutshell. That's interesting. Um, and something I guess I'd never thought about. You, know, you mentioned you know, people, you know, children exiting foster care. Is that, you know, yeah. I've talked to, we've talked with some people from, you know, that are in that, in that, system before and they've talked about how you know some of the older you know kids are harder you know mm -hmm. to find a home for Absolutely. and so i'm just kind of making the leap i'm assuming that's they're kind of aging out you know with that exactly. and yes. that's now they're is that really like a thing like you outgrow your foster care like and it's like hey you're out at this point or i never thought about yeah. it yeah yeah it, it, it actually is um it's kind of like um it's like your typical uh, high school or graduating high school and they go here, you are a fully functioning adult, go out and make decisions, make money and do good things. Um, it's the same with kids exiting foster care um, with, and they are um, way less prepared than your average uh, high schooler exiting. Um, and all that means that the exiting is that they are no longer no longer under the supervision of the state. It doesn't change anything else about them as a person or their history or their needs or their desires. It just simply is a change in who cares or who who accepts responsibility for their well being at that point. Um, and, and I guess that's you know for somebody who doesn't know all the details, but. You know, from what I understand, you know, I've been through, you know, some of, you know, when this child's in the foster care, you know, system, the state's, you know, helping take care of them. And then there's mm -hmm. some financial that goes to those families mm -hmm. that are helping take care of them. It's almost like I never thought about, you know, it's like, hey, welcome to, you know, an adult. Now you're on your own. And yeah. that's where you guys are able to step in and help. Because it sounds like that'd be kind of like pulling the carpet out from underneath somebody. Yeah. Right, right. That's 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 our role. We're kind of that stopgap measure, hopefully. Um, and so we do start before the transition day actually occurs. So we start at the age of 16 where they're able right. to kind of, we, we can, you know, hopefully be a launch pad for them. Um, and they can stay up until 
the aging out point, which thankfully now is 21. It used to be 18 only two short years ago, but we've extended that to 21 because the longer they can stay with that support, the better off they'll be long-term. So um, they can stay as short as two years or up to four years. And the more uh, time they have, the better it is for them because you have to think they have a short time to develop and create that village that most of us who uh, have was considered normal family backgrounds or stable family backgrounds have you know we I graduated high school I had my parents I had my aunts I had my uncles I had my cousins I had friends um I had a, I had a village of people to call and so the our kids in foster care they have to build that they don't have it and it takes a long time to build those lasting connections so two to four years may seem like a long time but it's really not no and that's something we've always said you know it takes a village to raise a child that's you it. know <laughs> You can't do it on your own. Not at all. Like I need a village to help with mine. So it's <laughs> anybody's looking for some, I've got some I can loan out to you. Same. <laughs> um, so you guys not only, you know, right now we're right, you know, kind of coming towards the tail end of November, which is, yeah. you know, runaway prevention, you know, and homeless youth awareness month. You know, yeah. so that's kind of that's I guess a lot of people don't People don't, this isn't something that people like want to talk about, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. often. And so it's kind of turned another direction, but this mm -hmm. is something that people do need, you know, to realize that they're, this is a real problem. You know, it we've is. got, you know, we can see it, you know, and it seems to be, it's getting more prevalent in Baton Rouge, you know, it over is. the last couple of years. It you has, know. it has. If you uh, go back to the great flood of 2016, our uh, homeless numbers for youth has steadily risen and the thing about homelessness uh in baton rouge for not just limited to youth but specifically with youth uh it doesn't look like the normal picture of homelessness that you see you know people sleeping outside um and cardboard boxes you're not gonna see kids thankfully like that what you see is a lot of kids who are sleeping with friends or their families are um, living with other family members because they weren't able to fully recover after the flood. And you compound these community tragedies, whatever they may be, and the problem just gets exacerbated because there's only so many resources that can go around. And so you're, you have a lot of family separation and that family separation um, is what contributes to the rise in homelessness amongst youth. Um, the adult shelters normally can't, unless they're designated as a family shelter, they can't take children. They simply don't have the capacity to do so. And so in most cases, um, the parents have to choose to either stay homeless, which jeopardizes the family, because if they choose to stay out of the shelter because they don't want to separate from their kids and someone sees them, they're going to rightfully call DCFS for child protection. Um, and if they're not able to come to us um, and have the kids come to us or they're not comfortable with the kids staying with us while they stay in the shelter, then again, you have a, a problem that ends up kind of mushrooming out uh, greater than the original problem, which is not easy to solve. But uh, as with most of our human crises, this, the solution is simple. But the, pro the, the problem is complex in the sense that it needs a lot of people 
committed and invested. And so you have someone who needs somewhere to stay. It's as simple as that. Mm. And if that someone happens to be a family who has children under the age of 18, you need more places for them to stay. Right. Yeah. That just sounds like the problem, like it's that, you know, kind of insult to injury, you know, yeah. it's the, I, I didn't realize, you know, so it's, you go to the shelter, you've got, you know, your 10 year old kid and you're trying, you know, to get, you know, kind of things back on track. And then they're going to tell you, sorry, you can come, but they can't. Exactly. Seems like we just made another problem at that point. Yeah. Un unintentional consequences of our systems. And of, of course they don't do this to be cruel. Mm -hmm. You know, these, the, this legislation exists to protect um, the nonprofit organizations who have these shelters and the people who run them and the, and the people. Adult shelters can sometimes be unsafe. And so you have children there, you increase that potential. Mm -hmm. um, they're, you know, they're, is it, they're much safer than being on the street, obviously. Um, however, these are little micro problems, which, like you said, kind of mushroom out. And so uh, the long and short of it is um, the, the normal poverty uh, and the poverty wages that exist in the area contributes to the homelessness and it all trickles down to the kids. That's, that's who's ultimately paying the price for this. And right. so right now, our the number of homeless youth in um, Louisiana is right under a million. Wow. Yeah. That's not a small number. Not at all. <laughs> it's, not and like you said, that's, you know, because people don't necessarily, they don't see it. You know, they don't see the cardboard boxes. They don't see, you know, the underpass. It's, yeah. you know, bouncing from house to house. You know, it's family, you know, for as long as you can. Then maybe another family, you know, going someplace else. Um, maybe a car, you know, that, you know, you're not seeing, I've seen, I've seen that unfortunately. And so, yeah. yeah. So you guys are doing some pretty good work. Um, but just like everybody else with, you know, 2020, it's been a chore, you know, and trying mm -hmm. to figure out, you know, how to do things and especially in your world, you know, on the, mm -hmm. you know, fundraising side, you know, that's, mm -hmm. it's not, you know, this isn't, free work, you know, and this costs money yeah. to provide these services and, you know, mm -hmm. different things. Um, so obviously, you know, you guys, you know, are looking for, you know, people to help. And one of the things we talked briefly about it, but you've got kind of some good news, you know, on the horizon mm -hmm. with this, you know, emergency shelter and drop-in, you know, center. Is yes. that something you can kind of tell us a little bit about? Because that was pretty yes. exciting to hear. It is. Uh, through a grant from the uh, Federal Youth Service Bureau, we are going to be opening a, an emergency shelter for youth only and a drop-in center. And uh, what these two um, programs will allow us to do is, one, it creates a safe place kind of to um, drive a wedge into the problem we talked about earlier um, for youth ages 18 to 25. Um, to have a safe place to be. And it's not limited to single youth. This will be youth with youth that are parenting and, and families also. And so we'll have a, a shelter that is youth centered. So it is geared to youth and more responsive to the youth experience, which again is unique. Um, and the drop-in center acts as a, a resource place and a 
um, a welcoming, affirming uh, area for uh, youth. And that starts at the age of 16 and goes all the way up to 25. And in Drop-In Center, they can come and they can hang out. They don't, there's no pressure for them to get services uh, because the idea is always relationship. You can't, people are more inclined to help people they have a connection with. And the people who have a connection are more inclined to receive help, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, they we basically are offering a safe place for youth who um, in every other place where they are, um, I guess, viewed as second-class citizens because of our longstanding tradition in terms of how youth are uh, portrayed and, and how youth are treated. They come to a place where their voice is centered and it is the main voice that we're listening to because youth, like everybody else, have are allowed to the process of self-determination, they're allowed to determine what their help looks like. And if all their help is, is having a safe place to go after school because their parents are working and they can't get home, they don't have any childcare, well, they can come hang out with us until their parents get home and that's fine. You know, we, we don't need to cause, you know, DCFS and we don't need to intervene in any other way, but to provide that safe place for them, they can have a meal, they can play some games, they can, you know, kids that may need, to wash their clothes because you have a 17 year old that ends up being the head of the household for their younger siblings, but there's no washer, there's no running water, things like that. They can come, no questions asked, they can wash their clothes and um, they can leave if they want to. But if they want that additional help of, you know what, hey, I have a situation at home, can you help me with this? Sure. Because we also sure. have to recognize that some of the institutions that are designed to help you have harmed them in the past in some way. And so before we rush in uh, with uh, a blank check or a big heart to say, hey, let me help you, the, the first thing to do is to restore and reestablish our sense of humanity with each other, our connection with each other and go, hey, I see you, let's talk. Absolutely, it's not, you know, and that's where, you know, it's, you see these centers, you know, in different, you know, shelters, different places, but it takes a lot, you know, to kind of probably, you know, to get the courage to walk in, you know, and to be able to say, I need some help, you know, but if it's not that you don't have to dive, you know, head first in, you know, like you said, it's kind of just come in get to know somebody, you know, and then when they need it, they know they're building those relationships we talked about in the beginning, you know, to where it's like, I know, you know, Jerry, you know, I know Tacoa, you know, she's there, you know, like I, I, I just don't know what to do. I think we all get to those points where, you know, we kind of keep it all in or we say we can handle it. We've got it. But then everybody's got that break point where it's like, I, I can't. And right. most of us have that place to turn to where it's like, I can't. Or even if you don't have a place to turn, you've got that support system where somebody sees you and they can look at you and go, they're done. You know, we yeah. need to step in here and help. But at least this way, They've got a place, like I said, they've built relationships, maybe if it's just doing some laundry once a week. And so this will be a big, you know, kind of a, I don't know, in my mind picturing, you know, kind of beacon or, you know, a, a place where they know that, hey, this is where we can go. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to get questioned. I'm not going to get the third degree. If I just want to go hang out and cool off because it's hot outside, you know, That's just it. That's it. drop in, you know, That's have it. some fun. So. Right. 
and uh, so, I, I'm 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 hoping that um, we the the participation in, increases uh, through word of mouth because that means that we've established that that sense of trust with the youth, and that's going to be our biggest driver. Well, I think that's you know being homeless, you know, and run away, you know. That's a horrible thing, you know, but it's almost, it's a cycle that you've got to break. And if you can catch it, you know, early, you know, then maybe, you know, if you can catch the, the youth, then you can stop, you know, the other side of it. Otherwise, you, it. you kind of get wrapped into this towards this, you know, how do I do it, you know, and would seem that this, you know, it's all important work, you know, what everyone's doing. But if, especially what we can do here and the fact that you've got this grant, but that's not going to do the whole thing, right? We that's still it. need some other people, you know, to help. Um, I think I saw you guys are actually participating in Giving Day that we've had uh, on yes. the show. Yes. It's, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, it's the December 2nd and the week before, actually, you can go, you can find Youth Oasis there and okay. you can donate. Yes. Isn't that right? so. that's, that's it. And every dollar we raise from this point, uh, forward is going to go towards the this emergency shelter and drop-in center. We get and have been getting probably 10 to 15 calls a month for uh, shelter services for youth. And so the sooner we can get this up and running, the sooner we can uh, make a difference and, and, and make a small dent in this problem. Yeah. Or at least have a, you know, the space. That's what I like about the idea, you know, that it's, people can see that something's happening and there's, you know, there are people there, you know, too many times, you know, you've got people that are in offices that are, you know, now you got people working from home. And so you got businesses and you got groups and nonprofits that you think, you know, are they open? Are they not open? You know, what can we do? This seems like this would be a great thing for the city here that would be able to help, you know, when needed. So, you know, but along with that though, you guys, you know, funding, you know, raising funds, but this can also, you know, the volunteers, I'm assuming you guys have oh, got yes. to work with, you know, an incredible amount of volunteers, you know, to keep this program going. <laughs> we do. Obviously that's been limited uh, a lot this year. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, along with um, our normal services that we have, and because we're building these uh, two new programs, we are going to be meeting uh, some volunteers, skilled volunteers, and, uh, you know, we'll need someone to come paint and help uh, redesign rooms and um, make it a, a, a friendly place and a, a, a healthy, healthy, robust place. And so we'll need lots of hands, lots of hands on deck for that. Um, another uh, program that we are wanting to roll out next year is a virtual mentoring program more than ever. We've already had mentoring um, because that's really important. Um, but now that everything's gone virtual, we have, uh, we received a grant from Capital Area United Way to help us get computers. And so now all of our kids have computers with cameras where they could talk to their mentor. They don't have to meet in person, keeping everybody safe and still get that human connection because that is the most important um Intervention in all of this is uh, having a caring adult personally invested in their success. Mentoring, especially for our LGBTQ youth, which is a big part of our mission, 
is important um, because that that sense of family is uh, something that is either uh, been taken from them or being threatened to be mm-hmm. taken from them. And so having uh, ma- maintaining social connection is uh, important for all of our youth, but especially for our LGBTQ youth. I think it's important. I've always talked about, you know, or by no means is this the same, but, you know, we all like to think that we, you know, have a guy, you know, that we can That's call, it. you know, yep. whether That's it be, it. you know, like if it's, you know, something breaks at the house, you know, it's a plumber, it's an AC, it's like, I got to, you need to call my guy, you know, yep. and it's these kids need a guy you know, or girl, but they need, it's the expression in my mind. It's, they just need somebody, (laughs) you know, when it just hits the fan, just to be just a phone call. Cause I think the problem is, and this is where, you know, I'd say, you know, if anybody's ever thought about wanting to be a mentor or try to help, you know, Hey, now you can do it virtually. You know, you're not having to go drive across town, but the amount of a difference you could make for somebody just by answering that call or just knowing that, Hey, I'm going to jump on, you know, once every so often, we're going to have a conversation. They're going to get my phone number. And because we like, I think the problems that most of us that are probably watching, you know, this show right now, you know, we've got problems, but you know, these kids have really got some problems and you can solve, you can help a lot of these, you know, versus somebody else couldn't, you know, like, I guess I'm saying the problems aren't at scale, right? You know, it's like, if, you know, you've got a, you know, a, you know, you've got some youth, you've got a, you know, a kid that's run away, you've got someone that's homeless, you know, their problem is I'm starving and don't have any food right now. You know, our problem, you know, it's like, if that's a problem, it's because you probably didn't want to get up and go get it, you know, or you didn't, you know, feel like you didn't want to get off the couch, you know, but that one little thing to where if somebody just knew they could call, you know, and be like, I haven't eaten in two days or, you know, I, I want to get to the shelter, but I can't, you know, I, you know, twist in an ankle and it just, just hurts and I don't want to go, you know, into a hospital, little things that, you know, we can solve, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, it, it seems like a simple analogy, but it's absolutely perfect. I mean, think about some of the situations you found yourself in as a young adult that was solved or the big crises that was averted because you had a person to call. And, you know, they may not have provided a big help, but they they helped you navigate something that, you know, you can look back on and go, oh, that was very small. But at that moment in your life, it was the biggest thing ever. And you had someone to help you navigate it. That's all we're looking for for these kids. I've always uh, we talked to Terry got us connected, but I was telling Terry the other day that um, I like the way it said, you know, the the real problems in life or the things that blindside you at some idle Tuesday, you know, at 2 PM, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the real stuff. It's not the, you know, this stuff that we, you know, these are our problems. It's the stuff that just comes out of left field. And if you don't have that support mm-hmm. system, then you're stuck on your own and mm-hmm. depression can set in everything, you know, it just can spiral at that point. So if anybody's, you know, got some, you know, if you've got the means to, you know, help with some of this fundraising, you know, especially on giving day, if you've got some time to donate, you know, for just mentor, be the person, you know, you'd be amazed at the impact. And it's not, you're not just helping one person because in my mind, you know, it's that trickle down or the seven degrees of separation, you know, you've helped, you know, one kid and they're going, 
you know, it might be another kid who doesn't, but he's like, Hey, I can call my guy. He can help us. You know, awesome. they'll be there for us. You know, they can do this. So yeah. everybody needs a guy. Yeah. You know, that's, and you want the guy, right? You don't want to just have to go call somebody you don't know out of the blue, right. which is enter the drop-in center, go right. in and meet a guy. That's it. That's <laughs> it. So right now we are, we are that person. We're that group of people for our kids. And we are always looking to add, add to the village. Well, that is, that is, that is, that's some tough work. You know, that's, um, you got to have a heart for it. And so we appreciate everything you're doing. Mm -hmm. And if we can help in any way, you know, definitely let us know. So anything I'm forgetting that we should talk about or, um, you got some, we need volunteers, you know, don't forget giving days coming up and, that's yeah. it. Don't forget Giving Day. We need volunteers. We have, oh, we do have two fundraisers going on right now. We have a, a cookbook that is mm-hmm. um, for sale from the Way Out organization. This is a nonprofit organization that funds LGBTQ causes that has agreed to uh, help fund that emergency shelter. And so to help those efforts, they're selling a cookbook. That cookbook uh, features some local chef recipes in it. And so um, you can purchase a cookbook and that'll help. You could also purchase some art um, made by youth artists and local artists. And all of, again, all that money goes towards the, the creation of this emergency shelter. And of course, um, anytime you want to donate through 225, uh, that giving day or in normal, you can go to our website and, and just donate. It doesn't take a big contribution. $25 will buy a monthly bus pass for our youth and that helps them get to work. Um, things like that. It's, it's or, or $50. They get a 70. I'm sorry, we had to increase their grocery shopping stipend. That's $75 every two weeks. So if you want to buy groceries for kids, because again, uh, they live with us and they're, uh, we take them shopping, but they cook for themselves because the, the, this is what we do. We're teaching them how to, how to, how to live alone or live independently. And so if you want to sponsor groceries, that's only $75. Um, the bus passes is only $25. You want to, um, sponsor or adopt a room that's uh $500 and or if you just want to drop by a care basket of of snacks they we don't buy junk food um sometimes they do but they love it so if you just and everybody (laughs) everybody needs treats everybody needs all of that halloween candy that everybody (laughs) wants to get out of their house and needs to bring it to you yes they they love sodas and all (laughs) all the teenage stuff so um any any help, any any way you want to contribute as a village member, we would love to see you. Give us a call. Awesome. And what's that website? www.youthoasis.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Everybody's on social these days. That's it. So, <laughs> Got to take a look at it. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. I think oh, this was, you. you know, incredible. I think it's more people need to know, you know, don't can't bury our head in the sand here, you know, Not these, at all. these I've said it with all the different groups. I've talked about it with giving day, you know, people don't understand the amount of work that you guys do in a lot of these nonprofits in our community. And it's vital that we keep them, keep you guys funded and going and doing what you do because somebody has to do it. And so it's, we can't just walk away from it. No. And, and so. I thank you for uh, having me on to talk about this. I, I try to make it painless and, uh, uh, make it doable because it is it really is just a matter of 
making a decision to contribute and whichever way you choose to do so, it will be uh, used and um, it will benefit someone. And as you say, it will trickle down. We love, we've been in Baton Rouge for 20 years. We love our Baton Rouge supporters because of them. You know, we've been able to last for 20 years. So it's always uh, an honor and a pleasure to get to, to talk to more people and, and, and invite them into the village. So thank you. Well, like I said, we appreciate the work you guys are doing. If there's anything we can do to help, let us know. Um, and hopefully we can get some awareness for you out there. And let some people know what's going on. Sounds good. So, Thanks again. Awesome. Well, you have a good day. I'm sure there's more important things you need to be doing than talking to me. So I'll let you get to that. Um, and we'll uh, circle back up. Maybe come back on. Tell us how things are going. Kind of how the holidays you know, are going and what we can do. And we'll check in maybe after giving day and see how that worked Looking out. Looking forward to it. You have a good, good holiday season. All right. You have a great day. All right. Bye-bye.